0: For seven years, a Christchurch-based art studio has offered a safe haven and a creative outlet for people struggling with alcohol and drug addiction issues, isolation, institutionalisation and homelessness. Now it's going to be able to touch more lives after receiving a big grant and an award. Liz Raitt-Smith set up Art East out of frustration with the mainstream health system's medicine-focused way of treating people struggling with their mental health. There's now a multidisciplinary art space with resources for painting and sculpture through to mosaics and stone carving. Art East has won this year's Arts Access Holdsworth Creative Space Award. That's on top of recently receiving a grant from the government's Creative Spaces Initiative, meaning the studio can extend its opening hours. I took
1: Liz back to 2014. For me, um, being a trained drug and alcohol counsellor, I have a real belief that um, if you're taking away some sort of behaviour, maladaptive behaviour that hasn't uh, been good, this it there needs to be replaced with something. That hole needs to be replaced with something. And uh, for me, I feel that the arts are a way of, of healing. It's a way of introducing people to something new that they can be creative with, of course, Um, but gives them a new sense of identity and also to be able to process different emotions and things that um, they may not have looked at previously because they've used other things to block any kind of feelings out. So for me, it was um, very clear from my own background in art that this was something that was also missing as well in mainstream um, models that often get used in counselling and I just felt that it was something that I really wanted to give a go and see what it was like and see if people responded well to it. So we did initially start off with a very, very small group um, in a very, very small space, but we expanded expanded, and moved around quite a f- few different venues as well while EQC repairs were happening and everything was going on. But really, uh, the proof was in the pudding and really saw the benefits that were coming from our people that uh, we were engaging with in that particular group. And because the engagement was so good and the results were um, speaking for themselves as well, uh, we were able to just be able to broaden as well and expand to other people with other needs as well. Because, I mean, there's a, a whole stream of things that go along with... Drug and alcohol abuse, but um, it impacts on you know trauma and physical disabilities, and all those kind of things as well go, go hand in hand. so we were very fortunate once we actually got a permanent artist studio to be able to work with more of a variety of people, which is the exciting thing about um, where we can head to in the future.
0: We I mean, know names, of course, but can you give us an idea? Liz of maybe a couple of stories so people mm. who came to artists. I am assuming at a very low ebb, you know, emotionally, mentally, mm. sense of isolation, whatever this their story was. Absolutely, and, and how they changed sure. through creating art.
1: Sure. So uh, one of our people that has now been with us for probably coming up around four years, I think, maybe even longer, um, was gang affiliated and had walked away quite a few years ago but had very much never found a sense of community that fulfilled the way his previous lifestyle had and now he consistently, every he, he's, he engages and he's there every single um, the week that we have group on. If he's not there, I know something's wrong. And he will often talk about the fact that uh, we are now his people. This is now his whānau. Um, this is where he belongs. And that sense of connection, I don't think you can put a, you know, you can't measure that. And that for me, that's a success in itself. Those words coming from him, that perspective shift for him about what is actually of value has been absolutely huge. So... He's one of our he's very much one of our people, and a part of what we do and why we do it as well.
0: I see that you have something for pretty much everyone when it comes to artistic, because not everyone can hold a pencil or a paintbrush, sure, you know, sure, or, absolutely. You, or work with clay. So I see you've got yep. mosaics or stone carving, you know, some things where you maybe don't have to have a lot of technical skill, mm. but you can create something with some imagination. Yep,
1: yep absolutely. And um, another one of our people, too. Uh, had had some real significant grief and trauma happen uh, before he started attending. And one of the he, – he really didn't know what he wanted to do. He just had other friendships that were already connected with us um, and had been, you know, given the come along, you might enjoy it, just give it a go. Uh, he came along and he just started with some adult colouring pages, very detailed, plotted along with that, um, but it really, really helped him to be able to get into a flow and start feeling like he could be creative. And from that, uh, it was suggested to him from one of our community projects that we we do called the recovery garden where we do some painted panels, and we then take them down and we put them up down at the recovery garden. Um, it was suggested to him that maybe, just maybe, <laughs> he could have a crack at doing one of these one of these pieces. What did he think about it? So, with a bit of combined group persuasion, um, he decided to give it a go. And now the pieces that he's um, he's doing, the paintings that he is doing are uh, incredibly detailed, so detailed and um, he has one of the largest kits out of anybody <laughs> in the actual uh, group a huge amount of test pots and um, yeah, a massive amount of art supplies which he goes out now and he, he chooses them and he's he's very much on task with what it is that he wants to do and what he wants to achieve and, and it's, it's so cool to see that with someone that hasn't had the opportunity to experience anything in creative in the past. It's easy to
0: assume because of the experiences that these artists have had that all mm. of their work is going to be deeply personal and related mm. to the trauma or the experiences mm. they've had. But I suspect that's not true. And some people simply want to release and maybe yeah. to create something beautiful out of despair.
1: Absolutely. Um, I, yeah, I think there is that um, the tortured artist element which people do expect there's going to be something that's very um, personal and it's going to come out in that kind of way but um, from my experience a lot of the time I know uh, from another one of our uh, women she's very impacted by colour um, she's experienced a lot of depression in her life and um, for her something that works really really well is um, visually being able to see the brightness of colours and work. Working with bright colours. So, while if you look at her history and the things that she's potentially been through, you might think that her artwork would say something different, it reflects something different. However, what it is that she does bring um, to her work is the opposite um, because she wants to put something out that is the opposite from her trauma and it's a lot around the colours that really speak to her Um, and she does beautiful vibrant works and she just and the colours that she loves and that's her way of expressing and moving forward with those types of things that have happened to her in her past and keeping it in her past and not her future. And it can't be a happy ending for everyone who comes through your door so how do you handle that? It is an unfortunate reality, um, is that we do, we attend funerals, uh, we do what we can for the people that we get the privilege of working with, but things don't always work out well. It's not always, you know, a happy ending to situations. So, you know, we had a very sad situation a few years ago where um, one of our members passed away and particularly sad because he was estranged from his uh, family. Um, His parents had passed away and other family members were no longer in his life. Um, So when he passed away, there was no next of kin, there was no will, there was nothing there Nobody to really contact. And it was just a really sad situation where there was a, a bunch of different agencies going, OK, so what do we do from here? But he was in a housing New Zealand home. And one of the things that really, really struck me and bothered me was this, this man's entire life and everything that he owns is potentially going to go into a skip his artwork, everything's going to go because there's no one to pass that on to. It's just like a, a life thrown into the rubbish bin. And so I managed to contact a very beautiful lady at Housing New Zealand who gave me permission to go in and with his friend and collect his artwork and some personal pieces uh, that belonged to him for her as well. And so that was that was just my motivation at that time, was I didn't know what I was going to do with it other than thinking, OK, if someone comes out of the woodwork, we've got those possessions of his for then that we can hand on. That didn't quite happen as time went on. Um, and we had organised an exhibition, um, and one of the unfortunate things that happens when somebody doesn't have next of kin or have somebody to pay for the funeral is they get buried in what's called um, an indigent grave or a pauper's grave because it's not owned by anybody. The headstone can't be put on there and, and the funeral service can't happen at the site or anything too. So it was just a really really sad situation to see one of our people to go through and we just as a team at artists as a group, um, we just really thought, look look this exhibition's coming up. We've got his pieces. He wanted to contribute to a group exhibition with us. How about we do this? We display all his work and let's see if we can raise the funds. Let's see if we can buy the plot. Let's see if we can get a a headstone. And uh, the guys were so fantastic. The group members, you know, they'd lost their friend. And these are people that are on a benefit or very low income, um, but they were more than willing to just get in there, do the mahi and contribute their work for sale to be able to raise those funds and we got some amazing support and at the end we were um, successful and we were able to buy that plot and get him a a beautiful headstone um, plaque. It was a real eye-opener but um, it was just amazing to see the guys just go yep let's let's do this let's let's sort this out this person was important and he meant something to us. I do love the sound of the studio, and clearly
0: um, most of your participants uh, feel comforted. I think there's conversations and you know swapping stories, and they enjoy mm. that kind of dynamic Absolutely. of creating together. But I also am pretty sure that there, there will be people for whom being in a group is just mm. too
1: much for them. So mm. are you able to cater for them? Yes, yes, um, which is very exciting for us. It's one of the things that... You know, we kind of started off with yes, we're wanting to bring people into a sense of community where we're wanting to bring people together in a group context. But it became quite apparent quite quickly that because of people's backgrounds, because of trauma that's happened, because of physical and um, emotional issues that are carried too, that some people it is more stressful to try and get them to adapt in that group situation. So, Where do you put those people? How do those people not fall through the gaps and still experience that sense of connection? And it doesn't mean that that's necessarily long term but it does mean that we can work alongside them, provide studio space where they're still connected with other staff, other visiting artists that might come in but they're very familiar with you and they're very familiar with who's going to be on the site at the time so there's not so many surprises there's not so many dynamics to try and and navigate through Um, and I think for some people just being able to have that one on one support and time and um, tutorial with them as well is very, very um, important just to be able to get them to feel comfortable enough because potentially a group situation might never be appropriate for them but they're still getting an opportunity to be creative.
0: Twenty twenty one, big year for you. Arts Mm. Access Holdsworth Creative Space Award. Congratulations on that, and also receiving funding. Yeah, for um, from creative spaces through the Ministry for Culture and Heritage. So that's a a double good whammy uh, for you. Um, So what what are these two awards going to allow
1: artists and yourself, Liz, to do? My main role was as a uh, drug and alcohol. Counsellor, and this has been very artist itself has been very much a labour of love. And while I've been very fortunate to be able to do that as a part of uh, Drug Arm, um, this will now allow me to be based at the Art East space and for us to be able to open something up and having something going on more to, of a full time for, for people to be able to connect with rather than something that's um, open just certain hours and just to certain groups and things like that. So it's going to be an absolute game changer, um, which we're very, very excited about being able to, you know, connect with more people as well, which is so exciting.
0: So that could be what, five days a week, seven days a week?
1: Yeah, um, we're going to start off at uh, five days a week and we will see what the future holds from it from there.
0: Exciting. And at the same time, I think Art East has been working with the Christchurch Men's Prison. Mm. So
1: will these awards allow a little bit more work there too? That is part of what we're hoping to do. We uh, work alongside Pathway Trust with the Navigate initiative. So this is around reintegration and for men that are going to be released from Christchurch Men's. While they're in the Navigate unit, they meet people and they do a lot of workshops and programs where they're getting to meet the people that they can connect with once uh, they are released. So uh, I go out and I do uh, screen printing workshops with the men out there. And one of the big focuses that I'm really keen to have going is to be able to have something similar um, within the artist uh, physical studio where they're able to come in and continue doing that type of work. But um, we've, we've had definitely had that engagement with them where they're coming in and doing different levels of artwork. There's a lot of very, very talented men that we're fortunate enough to work alongside And for them to be able to come out and continue the thing, the mediums that they're actually have learnt within that space but also their talents that they already carry as well to be able to nurture those and get them back into a place where um, again they're connected and they've got wraparound support um, with the the, um, work that pathway does and us being able to support them further in the creative side of things. So that's something that I really want to get up and going to a greater level than we've had previously.
0: I know that you know, a big chunk of this, maybe the, the bedrock of it is to give your artists a stronger sense of purpose and a sense mm. of self. I mean, is this part of the healing process but can't be the only aspect of a healing process? Do you mm. know what I mean? Is it, is it part of of yeah. other help that they will need, be it counselling or, or sure. medication? You
1: know, it, it can't do it by itself, aren't? Mm. Mm. Absolutely. So um, while we're bringing them a way of engagement, I suppose, and a way of connection that they may not have experienced previously. We are also there to support them with a variety of other problems that they might come up against. Our umbrella agency, Drug Arm, uh, we work a lot with uh, people that are working on the streets. We have a street van outreach as well. And a lot of the time, some of our more vulnerable people that are, are coming to us, they may not be in housing. We've supported them through the housing process as well and being able to um, contact other agencies and things on their behalf and be able to advocate for them in those sorts of areas. Uh, there's been things like uh, hepatitis C treatment as well, which has been completed for a lot of our artists members, which potentially, if they didn't have the community support to be able to attend those appointments, um, even to be able to receive phone calls from the clinic, those kind of things us knowing that, yes, this person's going to be with me at this time. If the the clinic gives us a ring, we'll be able to hand that phone over to them. Those kind of things. Um, Yes, and and counselling and all sorts of uh, reintegration support and things that often comes uh, from our work that we do within the prison as well. So there's a a lot of different things that we can do. And, of course, we can't be all things to all people, but we do have a lot of uh, contacts and networking that we can support people into putting them in the right places for what they need. Is Art East really
0: focused on the process of making Liz or are mm. there exhibitions as work made available to show the wider community so mm. so that there can be a better understanding
1: of mm. the challenges that your artists are facing? Mm. I'm very big on it being um, process, not the product. However, in saying that, of course, with that, um, the product is something that can be exhibited and can be, when ready, Um, having that to be able to tell your story at the end of that um, is a very exciting process as well. So while um, I'm really wanting to journey through them while they're creating these pieces, once we do have uh, the end result is, as well, then yes, we've, we've been able to have exhibitions and different opportunities alongside other agencies as well where we've been able to give them the opportunity to show the, showcase the art as well, which has been a real buzz for them too and definitely something that we want to continue more in the future.
0: And does it open up conversations? I'm not sure if the artists mm. are confident enough to be there. It would be interesting for them, I think, to yeah. to, to converse. But do you get a sense that it is helping understanding in the wider community?
1: I think so. Uh, some of them are definitely con- uh, you know, comfortable with being able to express what it is that their uh, thought process was and why it is that they chose to do what it is that they did. And yes, some of them not so much. So we make a real focus on uh, creating an artist blurb as well for those that might not be as comfortable in a setting where the art is displayed to be able to mingle and be able to talk about it or anything. Um, We make sure that they have the opportunity to have that blurb there, which is um, still explaining what it is that they do, but it's in a way that's not nearly as intimidating too. I
0: think a a distinctive part of this too, Liz Reading, is that you you go on field trips to local galleries. you really are you know, looking at other art and having conversations mm. and also inviting local artists to yes. come and share their skills at the studio. Do you have a big... A, a list of
1: local artists who have wanted to be involved. Mm, yes yes we've um, we've had some definite regulars that are very keen to be involved with what we're doing um, which has been fantastic because of course it just brings in a whole different uh, level and variety of people that can come in and connect and and also ones that are, of course have carried the same sort of heart as we do for the, that kind of work so people absolutely love meeting them and not just to hear about their process and the way that they may do their artworks, but also to hear about them as individuals um, and about some of the things that they might have walked through as well. So um, to be able to just connect people further outside of those artist walls into the wider community is very special and very, very important too.